everybody, and welcome to a live and special episode of the Mountain Bike Podcast. I'm it's, your host, Jonathan Lee. It's live right now. Well, it's technically kind of because we have people here. Do we yeah. not? Yeah, we have a live studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> we have a few good folks here uh, that are joining us at the Epic Rides Carson City Off-Road. Todd Sadow is actually in attendance. Thank you, Todd, for putting this race on, for being here, for doing this whole thing. Like, it's awesome. Yes. Round of absolutely. applause for you. Thank you. It's incredible. You and I raced it today. Steve and I just raced it today. We did the 35, and it was like, I don't know if I've ever seen so many happy and smiling people. Like, weather was perfect. Course was awesome. Aid stations were well stocked. I've never done the aid station thing before in my life, and today I did. And aid stations are life-changing. And he and was awesome. genuinely, like, excited at the first aid station. He's like, like, they have, they have things? <laughs> they have stuff? <laughs> I've never done it before. It He's was usually so deep in the pain cave yeah, that, yeah. you know, you don't exactly. think about these things. Oh, it was incredible. You see the trail, and that's it. Yeah, so just an awesome event, weekend, the whole thing. Fat Tire Crit was a ton of fun. It was. Um, and kind of local, too. This Worldwide Cyclery is the sponsor of this show, yes, too. Yes, they're in Reno now. They now moved to Reno. Third location. we got to get them involved next year, which is awesome. So... Uh, and if anybody is listening to this and doesn't know already, but they, those guys know their stuff about bikes, best spot to get bike parts and hilarious videos. They constantly put out too. They're also informational. Um, so, uh, you can head over to worldwidecyclery.com and check it out. We have two special guests with us today and, uh, this is, and this is pretty exciting. Uh, with, we have like, we're going to run through, I'm going to try to abbreviate this because the whole entire podcast would be me just reading through accomplishments and stuff. So we'll keep that short, but wow, not patting them on the back <laughs> steve do you want to go ahead and uh, uh kick us off i guess with intros here uh, so the first thing we want to know is we'll we'll start with ellen ellen noble we want to know a little bit about uh your background in cycling where you come from your accomplishments your you know race results that's sort of every single race you've ever done. Wait, so I, ha I have to give <laughs> the 12 intro? From 12 years old. <laughs> yes. I just thought a, the whole point of me background. doing this was that you guys were going to give the intro. A quick background. Just a quick background. Um, okay. I'm not a typical mountain biker. That is that is true. I'm not a typical anyone, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm a professional mountain bike slash cyclocross racer that's also done my fair share of professional road racing. Um, but I started racing competitive, like professional mountain bikes uh, last year in 2018. Um, but I, pr prior to that, raced cyclocross, or still race cyclocross professionally. I'm a silver medalist at the World Championships, yeah. uh, which is probably like the, the top thing about me. Uh, and I also run junior women's development camps um, for cyclocross. And this year we expanded and did it for like a training camp for all disciplines. So. Um, that's kind of the thing. The things about me is I love racing and I also love development and working with um, and empowering young women in the sport. That's awesome. So uh, I'm gonna run through and fill things out even more for folks. Um, so first of all, you race for Trek Factory Racing. You're a Red Bull athlete, yes. which Trek Factory Racing is like the perfect fit for you being mountain bike, cyclocross, and some road, right? Because yeah. you can do all of those within the same umbrella, so to speak. Yeah, a brand cool. that like does it all better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so you're, uh, I, and I use the internet to cheat on this, but three-time cyclocross national champion uh, with U23, 17 to 18. So you've been doing this for quite some time. Um, you're a Pan-American champion as well, which mm -hmm. is pretty awesome. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this stuff. Um, but you've also, uh, so you've got high-ranking places. What's your highest place at a UCI World Cup for cyclocross? Second. Second. That's incredible. Like, that's top level, the best cyclocross racers in the world. And, and it, I mean, 
women's cyclocross in many respects seems deeper at the front of the race than, than men's. Like men's kind of has a few guys that stand apart and then it's like a big gap. So <clears throat> it's saying something right there. But Thank you. not just that, you also, um, so uh, you had, you're a two-time cross-country mountain bike national champion. We don't. We don't need to mention those. <laughs> hey, it's on the site. <laughs> so, but it's it shows that you're you have a background in mountain biking as well. Um, it's pretty impressive. You've even podiumed at pro XCTs, that sort of stuff. So it's not like you just jump into mountain biking and you're totally foreign to it. But you are primarily a cyclocross racer. Really, that's like your main focus. Yeah. So we're gonna get into what the heck you're doing here because this isn't a cyclocross race. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Alexi, you're next. Um, Did you make me follow Ellen? Uh, yes, yes, please. Um, so who do you well, ri- now we have less time, so it's a shorter <laughs> list, right? Perfect. <laughs> who do you ride for and uh, right now? And then give us a brief background on what type of cycling, I guess, you've kind of really you know, built yourself up in over the years prior to getting into mountain biking now. Um, I ride with Bianchi now. Um, as long as I've known a bike, I've been a road racer. Um, and something kind of switched within the last year that kind of made me want to try something new and it was a big jump but so far it's kind of worked out <laughs> so that, i've made a lot of friends that big switch is Iceman. we're going to talk about the friends thing for sure because that's that's i think a difference but that big jump was Iceman, right for you like i mean it was a turning point i guess yeah no i mean so i'm from michigan so Iceman is big even if you aren't a mountain bike racer i mean you win that and you're michigan royalty in cycling <laughs> in the cycling world the most insane fans you i've seen. party with an ice trophy all night if yeah. no one knows about it it's amazing <laughs> um but yeah i kind of i talked to a couple people when i had this idea back in july of 2018 actually um and it just slowly grew and the crowning moment was that i had to prove myself and that was at a mountain bike race that there was going to be the most people at and we were in october so the only race that happens later in the year is Iceman, first week in November. Um, I ended up getting second behind this old guy I didn't know. I ended up being Jeff Kabush. <laughs> He's a great guy. He's not that old. He's, what, 43? No. Oh, yeah, Jeff's super old. Yeah, Very yeah. old. <laughs> no, um, but Je- Jeff was awesome, and uh, there isn't, it wasn't a better breakaway companion because I didn't know what was going on in his head, and... Uh, yeah, he rode away from me at the end, but I was definitely very happy. It's it's hard to pull off something you plan a while to do. It was super impressive. So when so uh, Jeff's a friend of mine, and when he came back, we were talking about Iceman, and he was like, "Yeah," and I was in the break with Alexi, and I was like, "Who?" Who? Yeah. And he was like, "Alexi Vermeil," and I was like, "He rides road. He doesn't. He isn't a mountain biker." And sure enough, yeah, it was you. Um, that you conversation made was in Squamish. I remember. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You made an you made an impact though. Like a lot of people, I think, took note. And at first, and I feel like this is changing already and it's going to continue to change, but at first people are like, well, of course, it's Iceman. Like, Iceman is like a road race. That's what mountain bikers say, right? It um, is, I've learned. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that, you know, and we'll get into this soon, but it's changed. Uh, just a quick, some background on you. Uh, you rode for BMC, the Devo team. Um, people, like, no average person just rode for BMC. Uh, that's, that's a hard Devo team to ride for. Uh, Lotto and El Yumbo. And uh, that team continues to exist at the pro tour level. Uh, you're a pro tour, like road pro tour rider. That's pretty nuts. Yeah, it was. <laughs> honestly, it passed so quickly. I was, those two years were amazing. They were incredible. There's not that many Americans that can say they've ridden for a pro tour team. Um, you know, it's more common to see pro continental maybe if you're really, really good, right? So that's like a huge accomplishment. 
Um, then you've, so I've always known of you as like a time trialist specifically, like really good at that sort of effort. Um, and you, you, you have, I think two time trial or you've gotten third at national championships twice. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. One, only one to the elite, once in the road race and once in the time trial. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, so were you a time trialist? And, and uh, we'll break I went, into that in a bit. Uh, <laughs> yes, I guess. <laughs> I tried my whole career, and then I went to Lotto, and I tried my whole career to go to the time trial in, at the World Championships. I never made it, and then I went to Lotto, and I made it. So, I don't know. I, I always tried to be. I think it's, if you can time trial, I think you can get through a lot of things in cycling. Yeah, so I want to get it for the nerdy people because there are lots of nerds like me listening to this. What sort of power? So, what was what's your weight and what sort of power were you, would you maintain for forty k in a time trial when you were really training for that? It's easier for me to just throw out numbers from that the place the, the pro nationals in twenty sixteen. Yeah, um, it was a little longer than they planned. It ended up being fifty one kilometers. Uh, okay. It was an hour and seven minutes. I averaged 368 and I normed 378 and I was about 145 pounds, probably less. That physically beats me. Yeah. But I I honestly like, it's one of those things and the course was horrid because it was straight out and back. So you almost never got out of the position, which if anyone's been in a time trial position. It's the worst. It's genuinely the worst. Straight jackets are better. (laughs) Like jujitsu or whatever, Brazilian jujitsu positions. I'd rather be in one of those like headlock things rather than. Or in a locked coffin. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'll be passed out. I don't have to keep pedaling my bike. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No, and it was, I don't know. It it was great. I mean, I was. Tom Zerbel was ahead of me. If anyone knows him, he's strong, and Finney was ahead of me. So I I had to be happy with it. Um, But yeah, I I don't know. It's. I just, I think a time trial is such a pure effort and so much goes into it that isn't just being, I mean, everyone, I'm, I'm small for a would-be time trialist. You are, yeah, yeah. How tall are you? Uh, 5'10". 5'10", yeah. yeah so 1.78 for all my European fans. <laughs> nice, there we go. That's the, that's the pro that's roadie meters. in him right there. <laughs> it's coming out. He's good with metric stuff. Do you count stuff in kilometers like a roadie too? Oh, always. And you make fun of us when we say miles? No, I just don't understand it. Okay. <laughs> good. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. So I want to get into some things now that we have some background um, on who you are. First of all, why are you here at this specific race? Because for those that don't know, like the, the Carson City Off Road, it's really like people classified as marathon cross country, so longer. So that it almost makes a little bit more sense for you, Alexi, right? But for you, Ellen, specifically, like cyclocross is not marathon in any way. Um, it's shorter, it's more intense, it's more punchy, that sort of stuff. So what brings you here? That's a really good question. <laughs> I was hoping that anyone else would be able to tell me what I'm doing here. Um, I, to be like completely honest, I've had like kind of a rough go of things. Like, I feel like last cyclocross season, I kind of like started to really get like burnt out on like super, super high level racing, but was like pushing through, pushing through and like, you know, I like deep down still love it, but like there's just a lot that goes into it and like racing professionally on the road, also on a Bianchi team and then um, switching to mountain bikes with track. It's been like three years of racing road or mountain and also cyclocross. So like I haven't really had more than a couple of weeks to myself in a really long time. So I think it was really important for the team to help me do events that help me find the fun. Yeah. And getting back to that um, has kind of been the new goal and not just like 
not just taking a rider and riding them into the ground and getting like, well, if they have like this arbitrary amount of whatever in them, like let's get every last drop. I think that like the team and my, like my team of sponsors and my team of my people, like my manager and my coach, like I think that they all kind of came together and they were seeing like those signs. And I think that it was really important for me to do events like this that are fun and rejuvenating and not like so high pressure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't remember the last time I've done an event like just to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like so, well, here yeah. we are. Yeah. And here we are. So yeah, yeah, this is, it's been on my bucket list for a long time. Uh, and so, yeah, I think just kind of like getting to hang out. Like I have so many friends, like I've been hanging out with a couple of people f that like, you know, I grew up racing against in New England this week that like I haven't seen in ages and like, you know, just goofing around. I don't know, recording a podcast the night before a race, like it all seems yeah. so laid back compared to like the World Cup, like, um, what's the word like laser focus that yeah, I'm so yeah. used to. Um, and so like, this is, yeah, it's been really nice. And I think, I think this sort of stuff and like that, that exploration of things that like maybe don't directly contribute to your success in terms of performance that actually play a huge factor in getting better of like, it makes you happy, even if it's not like performance focused, it's still yeah. performance focused. So that's where I'm at right now. And yeah, just kind of training weaknesses and having fun <laughs> once again kudos to todd for creating events that are like that because i yeah. i've most almost all the pro riders that i speak to they feel that way about these events yeah you know um it, you know the serious stuff has its place right mm -hmm. like for sure but this is like it's good to have this option too yeah. uh, alexi is this the sort of race or do you target these over like traditional cross-country olympic 90 minute sort of stuff or are you just trying to get your feet wet in all things mtb what brings you to this specifically? Um, I mean, I, I sat down in November and kind of started emailing people asking what races I should do. <laughs> um, I think what really hooked me into this series, and it's just slowly, I don't know, it, I kind of agree with Ellen that it's easy to, as a professional athlete, and, and I think in any sport, I mean, but it's, it's easy to just ride a bike and not do anything else. Um, and I went to 24 Hours of Old Pueblo in February on a whim with a friend who lives in Tucson, uh, runs a coffee shop called Presta. And um, he, he texted Todd, I think, a week, <laughs> week and a half before. I've heard so many horror stories from all the people working at Epic Rides. Who the heck is this guy <laughs> wanting to get in the race last minute? Um, and we rented a camper because we went there and the guy's like, oh, you're lucky. Someone broke their arm. They rented it like six months ago. And we got our, <laughs> it was all like chaotic, but we went out there and I just had a blast racing. Yeah. Um, and I guess I realized the entire series was going to be like that. And of course that's not this, that, that event is not like all of these. Yeah. Um, but it was that atmosphere that I was, I wanted to be a part of. Yeah. Um, and I think these are definitely more up my alley than a traditional XCO. Yeah. I hope that will change, but just being with the road background, I mean, there's endurance at that point in the race definitely helps me later in the race. Yeah, yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, uh, we're going to get into some of the, the – so mountain bikers and roadies. Steve has a shirt that he famously wears pretty regularly. He's not wearing it right now. It says, don't be such a roadie. And I think a lot of us feel that way, right, uh, a lot of the time. We, we joke around about that. And, and I mean, full disclaimer, I, I have – you're right. Alexi saw me this week wearing a skin suit and all arrow everything, right, in a crit. So I'm a roadie too. But um, what misconceptions 
did you have about mountain bikers? Like, what did you think about mountain biking before you came into mountain biking, Alexi? And and feel free to flame us on this one, because that's what we want. Because we flame you guys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I flame my my old friends. I'm kidding. Um, no, I think the biggest misconception that I had, and it wasn't even misconception. It's just like believing more. Is it like when I when I did Iceman, I thought this is mountain biking. So everything that goes along with that, the terrain, the the people, the riders, the way people prepared for the race. I mean, I showed up to my first mountain bike race this year, which was Benelli Park, which was quite an eye-opener to jump <laughs> yeah, into. Especially after Iceman. <laughs> yeah, and, and after 24 hours of old plebe, which is a blast, but yeah. you're not dodging cactuses and cacti anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, it was just, I, I was, I showed up 45 minutes before. I'm walking around, everyone's looking at me like I'm stupid because I'm not warming up. Yeah. Um, I rolled up to the line. I didn't understand how to stage. I'm like standing outside of the, the barriers, kind of looking, <laughs> looking at like, I literally was like, Keegan, where do I go? <laughs> um, and asking friends, like it, it was that, I was that out of it. Um, yeah. And it, just, it takes like every time you learn it, and even the next weekend at Vail Lake, it wasn't that I had all, all of a sudden become a mountain biker. So I think I just, I based all of my thoughts of mountain biking yeah. and the, and, you know, Iceman is an end of the year, all out, right? You give it or you yeah, don't like have an it. It's, yeah, it's an exhibition and it's like a road race. There's just so much that isn't mountain biking. Yeah. There's, there's a lot that is, but there's so much that isn't. Yeah. And I took that and I was like, oh, this is what I'm getting into. Um, yeah. And then I raced Grand Junction last month and I was, this is not Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this, this, is, not not. Iceman. this <laughs> is not Michigan. Like, that's like your new memoir, like Alexi's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not Iceman. This is not Memoirs Iceman. of a road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy that for sure. Yeah, yeah that would be funny. Um, it, is there, uh, Ellen, Cross is like super rowdy. It's known for being rowdy, at least here, maybe in the US. Is it that same way in Europe? Like, Hand ups, bacon and bacon, whiskey, dollar bills in your jersey, sort of a thing. No, it's like a very different kind of rowdy. Like in the U.S., it's very like personalized. Like people know you and like they know your life, and it's like it's amazing. And like there are like personalized hand ups or like people. Um, sorry, I just read this sweatshirt that totally threw me off. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, that I was cool. Um, so. <laughs> How did I? We're facing the wrong way, Jonathan. Okay, got shiny it. Shiny objects. Got but, it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Just, okay. Good. So I'm not. I'm not like imagining things. Anyway. Glad I'm alone in this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was really funny, but we won't tell you about it. Got so, it. <laughs> yeah. Like in the U.S., people are like so um, like they're like dedicated. It's like a small but mighty fan base. In the U.S., it is like it's much more removed, and so like the fans don't care about like interaction as much. It's very like. It's like a trans. It's like transactional in a way that I, I can't really describe. Like they'll come up to you and they'll wait all day to get your autograph. But like they yeah. don't care about meeting you. Like they just want you to sign a card. So it's like huh. they'll just like hand you this thing and you're like, ah, oh, cool. Like how's your day going? And they're like, yeah, good. Like they'll just take it. It's like people are cheering, but like they're all like belligerently drunk. Um, and like I just don't think that it's like a, just such a different scene. And like huh. it's cool. And like there's no matter how much or little they care there like there are times where there's 70,000 people in a venue and they're screaming and like there's really nothing to rival that feeling oh yeah um but like i feel like even this year this is um coincidental shameless sponsor plug but like at the trek world cup this year like yeah. i don't know how many people were there i think that i had seen like maybe 
20,000, no, probably not 20,000, but it felt like, it was just a wall of noise. Like there isn't as much depth, like they care so much more. Yeah. So, it, but like, yeah, racing Zolder. Um, Zolder looks crazy. Zolder was crazy. And like racing it for world champs that year was like undeniably like the craziest race I've ever done because there were, I think I heard like 50, 60, 70,000 people. Like Holy cow. just losing their minds. And it was the first ever U23 world championship. So it was like special to be a part of, even yeah. if no one was there. Um, and so like, yeah, it's very, it's very different American cyclocross versus Belgian cycle or like European cyclocross and the fans, like it's all different, but it's all, yeah. it's all great. It just depends on in what way. If anybody hasn't watched a cross race, Zolder is the one to watch, in my opinion. Like when you watch them, you know, in terms of on TV, live yeah. going to one is, is also an incredible experience. Where do mountain bike fans fall within that? Like, how are they different, I guess? Or these events that feel kind of unique because you go to a pro XCT or you go to like a, a normal XCO race and I feel like it's just like, like 14 people there. <laughs> yeah. They're all related to the racers <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. or forced to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or hand, Community service. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or they DNF'd. So they're just standing on the side. Yeah. Most of the parent, like most of the people that are related aren't even watching. They're like, uh, I'd rather sit in the yeah. car. Yeah. They're feigning interest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're like, they're sitting in the car, like reading <laughs> yeah, or something. Exactly. Um, so how does it differ? Like in an event like this, or is it similar to cross? It, or is yeah, it? last night was really cool. I've never done, so this is my first Epic Rides, um, yeah. but last night was really cool having a bunch of fans in the downtown and like, there were some pretty devoted fans. Like it's actually crazy. It's still crazy for me to show up at an event like this and hear people like yelling for me specifically. I was like, yeah. oh my God, there was like one person that was going, Alan Noble, like in the crowd. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, like, specifically <laughs> me and not like the other Ellen. Like I knew that it was me and it meant so much. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and I was, yeah, so that was really great. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it was super cool to see people that like definitely aren't just related to racers out here. Like there were a lot of people from the area that came yeah. out, which is yeah. definitely different from cross. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like a, I'd say it's, it's like a fair balance between that. I mean, I have, I've never done any big cross races like that, but um, on the training side, we're going to get into like training and equipment. Mm -hmm. Actually, let's go into equipment first. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> Reason I'm doing that. Alexi, do you want to actually, we should explain. Uh, I pre-rode the Carson City off-road with Alexi. And, and Alexi, anytime the road went flat, he would get really excited. And he would just ride away from us. And he was very apparently strong. Like, it was very clear. You attack a lot in road. But then, when we went to situations when it went downhill, we started to see a big change. Because <laughs> Alexi doesn't have a dropper post. And that's not the only reason that we changed. <laughs> He's also a roadie. This is true. There's uh, but and, and for that very reason, I was very shocked. So we actually gave you no option, but we, we got you a dropper post and we put it on this week. So you've got that now. So you're dialed. But equipment stuff. Do you have any weird quirks, whether it's from road or TT in your bike setup, or it could be the kit that you're wearing that you've carried over to mountain biking that you feel like stands apart from us normal mountain bikers? No, I feel like I'm just trying to learn. I mean, <laughs> two years ago, I ran 40 PSI in my tires at Iceman once again. So um, it's a bumpy ride. I'm learning. I'm learning. I don't know. But you did a very bouncy course that yeah. year. Uh, <laughs> it was just the course, really. Yeah. yeah no, I don't know. I'm, he was I'm also learning. on four-and-a-half-inch fat bike tires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, Mountain Baker's very on arrow. I mean, that's the biggest difference. But, like, TT, you know, like, there's so much that goes into – how much can you change your position? And then we're, I'm in a crit yesterday and I'm like, literally have my elbows out like I'm trying to hit someone. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you, I don't know. I, it's so, 
I guess I'm trying to learn before I make my own yeah, yeah. decisions. Do you find that you put more emphasis on arrow gains, that sort of stuff? I mean, thus, because thus you, far, no. Yeah, not yet. It's, that's that's not what's holding me back. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. I like that. Yeah. So that's like been my two school. I have like two schools of thought that I'm constantly jumping between. Like, that's not what's holding me back. But also, then it's like, but I need all the help I can get. Yeah. Because if yeah, I'm already struggling, point. but I think I mostly err on the like. That's not. That's not the limiting right. factor. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that's a that's a that's an interesting point because I guess you're just trying to talk about like maximizing improvement and almost like front loading it, right? Like there are like some things you could probably do now that might help, but focusing on that right now probably isn't going to give you more later on. Yeah, and it's not. I don't even envision that. It's even that. It's more like I mean, little things that like oh, these bars feel way too wide. Like yeah. the bars I got from Shimano and Pro, they're seven twenties, right? And so I, I literally texted. Russell and Keegan, and I was like, hey, you guys run your bars all the way out? Like, you don't <laughs> cut these things at all? <laughs> it's 720, and right? You did not. I did, because I, I, did, I, I didn't, I was building the bike, and I didn't want to go back and have to redo it. So oh, I wasn't building the bike, to be honest. <laughs> just, just for you, Steve. But, um, I, so it's like things like that, that, okay, I could make them smaller and quote unquote be more aero, but yeah. I don't think it would like then I would lose something on what I'm trying to learn how I was just handling my bike downhill, yeah. you know? And so I think totally. that question was more to them of like, they're really good at riding a mountain bike and how do I become more like them? Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I mean, th yes, you can get more arrow, but then you lose something else. So, right. so can I point something? Oh yeah. yeah go ahead. Steve. Uh, just a quick follow up. Put arrow then. bars on. Yeah. No, 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 no arrow, arrow bars. bars. Yeah. Not at all. Jeff um, Bush, the old man. Like keep we talked Epic about. Rides pure. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hashtag that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jeff Bush will kill you if you do that. Actually. It's well known. He may be old, yeah, but. So, yeah. And Todd will um, come if I don't go to the podium. <laughs> no. Um, so follow up Ooh. question. You did get to ride the bike with the dropper post already. Yes. You rode some of our local trails. You rode the dry pond loop. You also did a bunch of roadie things, which I was very disappointed <laughs> yeah. in. Um, but what did you notice first off, just being a roadie, not understanding that, and then dropping right into having a dropper post? That's something every mountain biker just takes for granted now. Yeah, there's a rite of passage. You guys shouldn't have given him a dropper post. Like, he needs to struggle for years like I did before he's just handed a dropper. It's even carbon fiber, too. What the I know. Heck? Yep, I know. I know. We yeah. couldn't get him a crappy one. Yeah, we, we had to get him that. the lightest one possible. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, thanks, thanks Trainer Road, for that, yeah. by the way. <laughs> so what did you notice the difference immediately when you started using the dropper? I couldn't. Well, because Keegan's been telling me since we did a training camp before Whiskey that I needed a dropper post. <laughs> And I just couldn't comprehend that it would be that much difference. Like, I can get my over a saddle. Like, I can stand up. Um, but, yeah, it's just not in your way. Um, I already crashed that day. Just Good. getting a little, little too too. Uh, probably just because you were going too fast, though. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. what Strava says, but I tried. <laughs> um, I guess yeah, I beat some of my times on dry pond. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the hikers? They're in the way. Okay. <laughs> They're always in the way. <laughs> but no, I think it was just it. It all all of a sudden opened my eyes. I also had a very sore wrist. I got to work on my wrist strength. Apparently, I'm pushing, oh, from, pushing from too hard person. on that thing. <laughs> yeah. Too much. I think I was also playing with it a lot. Like I'd yeah, be yeah. Riding down the road and I'd be carpal tunnel from yeah. your dropper lever. Yeah. Um, but no, I, that's it, a very roadie <laughs> thing right the there. Most thing. <laughs> Still holding true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was it just it was crazy to me that it was actually that big of a difference. You guys weren't lying. Yeah, it's it's incredible. One thing I want to point out a, a difference that I see: you run your saddle further back than almost any mountain biker I see. 
That's from time trialing. And that's, that's from time trialing. And a background in hockey. Is that because you found like a position? So, oh, well, hold on, hockey. <laughs> Why hockey? <laughs> what a hockey? Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I was, f- I didn't start racing until I was like 15. Okay. Um, bikes. I was had always been a hockey player. Uh, I was too small for that also, um, but I loved it and still would change. You were you were too lot. small for men's hockey. <laughs> what about? Me being too small for men's hockey. Yes, <laughs> got it. Yeah. Men's You're hockey. Yeah. Like that's why I'm waiting. That's why I'm waiting for like whatever no. BS you so come up with it's about. Not, it's not BS. Okay, so I've I lived on a lake. Almost, I spent so much time skating. When you skate, yeah, it's almost all in your hips and in your yeah. butt. Excuse me, yeah, yeah. Jonathan. It's okay. It's okay. We got <laughs> we you. Can, okay. The magic of the um, internet can fix all things. And yeah, so I I went to my first bike fit when I was. I don't know, 18 years old or something. Huh. And we just went over everything that I'd done. Uh, his name is Bill Peterson. He's passed away now. He lived used to live in Tucson. And he just, he, we did that. And I literally immediately saw a change in my, in my power, which is like, is so, and I think I have never been a big fan of bike fits because I think that they are, they're all like their job is to change something. Yeah, exactly. Like it, yeah, they, that's they, their job. They're going to change something no matter what, I feel like, or most mm-hmm. people will. Because um, that's what you pay that's what you're paying them for. Right. Um, but I just I saw a difference and so we moved my saddle pretty far back. I mean it's six six centimeters behind my wow. bottom bracket. Which is way far back. And mountain bikers. This has kind of changed because mountain bike shoes don't really allow it, but I used to like when I had bonds, I would re drill my holes for the cleats. Whoa. So I was like right. literally back? really for far their back. back. For their oh, back. Okay. So they were like uh behind the ball. So of your I'm foot. literally using so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Jeremy Powers. But it's style. Usually, I was literally using almost zero calf and a lot of hamstring quad and butt. Huh. Um and so I think that's also one of the reasons that for my size, I could time trial because that's you get people in that position, and then you are forced to pretty much only use hamstrings and butt in a time trial position. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, you just you, you can't force that quad down, so that's the first muscle to go. Yeah. Um, and so that's, I, yeah, so it's and I think it's kind of translated over. Yep. I did my first bike fit, and I'm de- there's definitely things that will change, right? Like my cleats are no longer as far back as they were. Yeah. Um, but like, I mean, my my cleat on a road bike for reference, my cleats are so far back that like I can't not. When I'm making it like a U-turn, I have to watch hitting hitting my toe like, like by a lot, by like two <laughs> inches. <laughs> Holy wow. cow! Yeah. It's like he's riding an extra small frame. Yeah, yeah that would I do be, that also. Yeah. That would be a <laughs> that would be a problem in cyclocross <laughs> if you have to do that, if you have that big of a toe overlap, right? Um, Ellen, do you have anything that you find is unique on your mountain bike setup that you've carried over from cyclocross or road? Um. Wow, this is so surface level and not interesting at all, but I'm running Candies. Where, yeah. uh, I've been working with Crank Brothers for a really long time, and um, obviously the egg beaters make more sense theoretically for mountain biking, but for cyclocross, having the big platforms on the Candies is like p- probably like one of my favorite parts of, of about the pedals. Yeah. Um, so even though the egg beaters are a bit lighter, I've kept those mountain bike those pedals for my mountain bike just because it's what I'm used to. And I feel like if 
it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, <laughs> so, I think that's super smart. Yeah. Because anytime you clip in with a different pedal, it just feels like an entirely different bike. Well, right? Also, you also get less hot spotting because you have more surface area to put the pressure down yeah. on. You know, there's a lot of reasons why candies would make sense, especially in the cyclocross world. So. Yeah, yeah. For cyclocross, like having that platform, like where like a, I have a really big focus on technique and skills. Um, and so like just like how you dismount and barrier and remount and bunny hop and blah, blah, blah. Um, I'll unco I'll unclip prior to dismounting and then I'll coast on like the arch of my foot. So having that big huh. platform to coast on is really, really important. Like which you wouldn't have with the egg beaters. Yeah, the egg beaters um, you would just slide right off. You'd of slide it off. So like this right. is a this is an amazing platform. Um and you're also able to build up the like the Oh yeah, you put like little yeah, like tabs you can on the add, side. Yeah, like you can add, so like you can. So it makes kind it tighter. Up, you can make it tighter. I don't do that, but it is really important. Like it depends on the uh, like basically tread profile of the shoe. But yeah, um, I've previously done that with different shoes, um, and so like having that. But yeah, I just I wouldn't. I don't necessarily need that platform for mountain biking, but they work so well for cyclocross. It's like it's hard to have things that you can carry over from cyclocross to mountain. You basically have the same saddle and the same shoes, but like there's basically nothing else. Like we're using different bars like we have suspension different tires so like totally there's a lot of different stuff so like there are really only two things that i can bring over so i yeah. i like to have as much similarity as That's possible cool. yeah what about the training side uh, how has your training changed when you for ulm cyclocross to mountain biking do you change the way you train or do you more or less know just train how your body responds and go with that or do you train more specifically for the events I'm riding my mountain bike a lot more right now. Um, like during cross season, I'm on my road bike, or sorry, my cross bike exclusively. Like the road bike gets retired. Yeah. And I'm just on cross bike 24 seven, but I'm jumping back and forth from mountain to road. Most, most of the time I like the cyclocross bike is uh, put in the, put in the hallway and it's not used for a while. Um, but yeah, I've been riding my mountain bike a lot more than I used to. I used to do most of my training on the road, but yeah. now I'm like trying to just ride my mountain bike on the road um, and like, find how to like recruit my powerful muscles in a mountain bike position. Isn't it it's crazy? So freaking hard. Yeah. It's like totally different. Yes. Like power numbers, you know, I ride in the drops when I want to, when I want to smash, I will go in the drops and like, that's where like we were talking about. Yeah. Like recruiting those muscles. Like that's where I go. So for me, like not having drops, like I'm just stuck on my mountain bike bars is so frustrating, but you have yeah. the crown of the fork. I do That's, that. I no. do that. People, people Real mountain bikers can it. do that, Alexi. So I can do that and I feel very comfortable and sturdy doing it, but because people roast people so hard for it, <laughs> yeah. I don't really want to do it, but I don't do it for arrow. I don't give a crap about arrow. In fact, it was actually so... proven to not be more yeah. arrow. No, it, right? trust yeah. me. I, there's a lot I could do to be more arrow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Including like stop eating donuts or whatever, but <laughs> I, I have that just same feel, problem. I know. I feel like we have very similar body types. <laughs> <laughs> I just put out more power when I'm low, and so I'm like... Ellen just said that I'm like an attractive white girl. So I like that. Thank you. <laughs> wow, what a compliment. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever forth. said to me. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing that I've noticed. So, uh, roadie warning, uh, I, I focused on TTs two years ago. And it was I got a terrible into, time for all of us. <laughs> it was a dark season. <laughs> it's <was a> regrettable <laughs> time. <laughs> um, but, uh, it, and I noticed, like, when I got into that position... I, I like my, I mean, my FTP at that point was probably somewhere around 300 on the road. And then on the TT bike, I was like 250 at first. And I was like, what happened? Like, I can't do anything. And, and I just couldn't, it, it, it's really tough like that. Did you notice that Alexi switching over? Um, I physically, I, I didn't, which is one of the reasons I think I was fast on a TT bike. I could do, I mean, my threshold was like around 370 and I could do that on, on both, both bikes. bikes. Um, wow. I, 
a lot of guys have that, like still in the world tour, they can't do the same power. Um, yeah. And it's, I think it's also like at that point, being, being a time trialist, obviously you got to put yourself on, I'm sure you learned into weird positions. Like yeah. the, and it has to be comfortable because the minute it's not comfortable, you're not going to, you're not going to actually be there. Right. You're um, going to get out of it. And I had a Belgian coach when I was on lotto for two years who actually coaches Van Aert. Okay. Wow. It's not like he, he I mean, he had, well, some, Van Aert's kind he, had of fast. Some, he had some great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at time trials, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Goodness. Amazing. Yeah. I don't know how um, this guy does it. Yeah. But he, like, he'd have these, this workout that I, th- I, he never told me this, but I think was literally trying to get me to force me to get out of the TT position. It was, I started, I do these double days and the morning would be half an, an hour and a half. And it would be like four minutes like 4:30 at 430 watts yeah and then okay <laughs> i can do that and then, 30 and seconds then, <laughs> no and that's hard for me too you guys yeah yeah, yeah yeah and and then in the in the position then one minute off okay out of the position and it was it's so hard to generate that amount of power in that position yeah. like it i for some reason for me like doing my threshold was possible but like going up to 390 watts yes. it's a big difference a because big you're using point. you're not using any of those like those muscles that can use glycogen really quickly yes. like it's it's not anyway and so i'd get to the end so i'd have to do like five of these so it'd be it it'd end up being like 25 minutes normalized power of like my threshold yeah and but like the last one i was literally like i had to like yell at myself physically like riding down the road in Girona, like alexi don't get out of the bars right now <laughs> yeah. like i'm just as huddled as i can be and it's because that's you want to get out and just generate power and you yeah. know you can you know you can you know you can but you're yeah. not it's all about speed at that point. It's not about, and so I think it's just such a weird, and finding this, and like that's, that was one of my claim to fame in time trial. Is, this is a, a spin around, but my coach was like, we planned the pacing for every time trial, which sounds so lame. Yeah, yeah. But like, oh, it's lame. Knowing, but if, if you're doing <laughs> it's a awesome, climbing, bro, Steve. <laughs> it's awesome. if you're doing a climbing time I'm trial, out like right now, stop. <laughs> if you're doing a climbing time trial, like I would know down to the half a kilometer what power I was doing. It's pretty Nerd. impressive. That's no, super it's, impressive. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ellen's being mean to me. I'm impressed, Steve. I'm impressed, Alexa. But you yeah. know what else is impressive yeah. is how Vitamixes can make Ellen, hot soup. Ellen, what's your threshold? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know my threshold. I'm actually proud of you. I would that. like to talk about the Vitamix, but also I would like to mention while I have the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I have a mic too, and I don't have a power meter on my mountain bike. I don't know my threshold on it. I have true, a mountain bike. Or, I have a mountain bike. Yes, I do. <laughs> I have a power meter on my mountain bike. The thing I was going to say is looking at photos of Amber Neben and who just won the men's time trial at nationals. Ian Garrison. Ian Garrison. So looking at photos of like them in their <laughs> in their uh, time trial position was so interesting because like Amber was much more upright, but like they obviously found that like that that was her perfect balance point of like right. That's where yeah. she was like as as arrow as she could be, but still putting out her best power like without yeah. compromising but the thing with Ian was insane is in his position his elbows were almost touching his knees at the top of the pedal stroke he's really big it was crazy but like his position was so low that it's like man if you can put out power in that position yeah you're gonna be really good at time oh, yeah. trialing like he like he's a million feet tall and he was like He's as low as Amber, who is not. I don't not think he's a actually a million feet tall. Feet tall. I was. I mean, I think that I would put money on the fact he that might he's be a million six foot nineteen. <laughs> he might be, you know. But he's I not told a someone that my dad was eleven foot five when I was a kid, and I've never lived it down. So I feel like me saying a million is. <laughs> it's always been a problem more, since then. It's been a yeah. problem for yeah. me. Yeah. I want to nerd out on time trialing a lot, but right now we have people like screaming at whatever they're listening to. <laughs> so I'm gonna bring this back to mountain biking. So 
it, that the same principle applies to mountain biking. When you get into a position that's foreign like that, it's got to be hard. So like, because here's the big question that I'm getting at. A lot of the time, we see our fast roadie friends, or we know of this fast roadie person, and they come over to the mountain bike side and they just get destroyed. And it, you don't even need to sense. My hands up. Right? You don't even need to sense. Like it just happens on normal trails that aren't technical. And they I just ice themselves on anything they can find. It's crazy. Roadies, yeah, yeah. For Alexi. A single pebble on the trail and they fall and die. But the thing about it... Whoa! <laughs> I'm racing tomorrow, dude. Yeah, come no, on I'm now. talking about yesterday. You said you first rode the dropper post and you die. <laughs> He's very alive. The, the point is, though, that um, this is why that if you see somebody move over to a different discipline, the position has a lot to do with it. But then on top of that, learning how to put out power on variable surfaces, which cyclocross is probably huge for, because you're always riding in like sand and mud and all that stuff on routes. But um, I want to talk about strategy too. Ellen, I'm sure that when you race cross, a lot of it is, I mean, basically like make your eyes bleed and then you know you're racing well, right? Like push that hard. Um, whereas with time trialing, it's like stick to the plan. Now mountain biking, what in the world do you do for mountain biking and how is it different from that? Like first things first with you, Ellen, cyclocross, do you have a different race strategy? Oh yeah. Like for cyclocross, I'm usually starting like first or second row. Yeah. Yeah. Even in the big events. Things. So it's like, oh, do I want to lead at the start of this race? Oh, well that could be a good strategy. So you get but, to pick. So I get to pick. I can choose how I want to lose the race if I, <laughs> if I want to. Or be so hard on uh, yourself. Yet to, yet to win them, but <laughs> we've tried. Um, but yeah, but then with mountain biking, like I'm starting 87th to 90th at the World Cups. And so it's like, go <laughs> you just have to go as hard as you can right? yeah just, just go but like i mean there is like some metering because it's like you know i can bleed out my eyeballs on the first lap but every other girl in the race can as well yeah so it's like conserving and like maybe i'm five spots further back than if i had gone all out but then like i i can still go on the sixth lap when other people are coming unglued right so it's like there's like there's a little bit of strategy to everything but yeah at the end of the day it's just kind of like there should be nothing left. Oh yeah. Do you feel <laughs> yeah. like the punchy? I mean, nature? not that there's anything left in any in any event, but it's like it's yeah, a little bit less strategic. Do you feel like the punchy nature and kind of like stoicastic, like I guess unplanned nature of the pacing in cyclocross helps you as a mountain biker? Or do you feel like it hurts you? Um Can you repeat the question? Yeah, <laughs> do you feel like the punchy I guess having to punch over yeah. and over in cyclocross. That's basically what you have to do. And it's mm -hmm. a lot of it is because of the terrain and yeah. the races are short. Do you feel like that makes you a better mountain biker that helps you in mountain biking? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I feel like I, I do a lot of like variable power work year round. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, that's also like, that's also what I'm good at. Like I- Naturally. Naturally, like super, like really punchy, but like don't really have very good like sustained power. Right. Um, so I, I think I'm gonna like play to my strengths as much as possible because yeah, yeah like tempo is usually the first thing to go. Like if I'm like yeah. running low on energy in a training block, like tempo will go and like we'll keep working on the variable stuff because yeah, because I'm getting I'm getting more out of it. <laughs> so this this race will be relatively speaking, it should be a challenge then in that regard because it's more of like a constant profile. Then mm -hmm. again, I guess you could just punch over and over and surge your whole way through it. <laughs> yeah, just. For four hours. For four hours. Three hours. Yeah, that can yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, it's like I, I think I struggle most with like the middle stuff, like the the kind of, you know, five yeah. to ten minute whatever. But like I actually I've been doing like some really big rides and seeing like the other day I did my one of my best ever ten minute powers four hours into a mountain bike ride. So wow. there we go. Apparently maybe I won't 
be last tomorrow. I mean, I, I still <laughs> could be, not. but I'm going to try not. not to. Alexi, yeah. how about you? Coming from a more steady power side of things, like the opposite side of things, do you feel like that helps you in mountain biking? Well, with a 370, you know. That's yeah, true. I don't it just think it kind really of matters. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a really good point. But that was the best. When we were on the ride, actually, with Jonathan, yeah. um, someone else with us, Evelyn, was like, yeah, yeah but the, with the dropper, you're, you're going to be using your legs so much. That's not my issue. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And that's going to use his legs. <laughs> that's that. kind of been. Work the leg. Yeah, it's kind of been my. That hasn't held me back at all this year. Like yeah. the technical, my technical ability has held me back. I've never gotten to a point, and this hopefully is scary to some people, yeah. but I haven't gotten to a point where I've been taxed. I mean, you get to the line tired, but that my, I don't know. I've been putting so much work into the technical side that I, I don't think anything's really changed from what I did on the road. I just spend more time on the mountain bike. What's the hard? What's the hardest technical part about mountain biking? Like, what trail feature do you fear the most or get frustrated with the most? Um, I think drops for me, just not seeing it. Yeah. But I think like just overall sliding on a mountain bike. You just, on a road bike, you're not. The minute you start sliding, you try. You you're have done. to stop it. Yeah, you're done. Basically, or you're going down. Like you're yeah. accepting you're going down and you're trying to roll. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Mountain biking, that's not the case. That's when it's you know? getting fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've actually started to realize that slowly, but like I it's it's been so hard. Like yeah. because I can pedal out of every corner, but it doesn't make me don't go downhill as fast. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I and I still do it. Yeah. But I've tried to like bring it down like literally four or five notches and just ride a complete race. Yeah. Because like at whiskey pedaling into and out of a corner actually might not even be the fastest. Like if you're like, yeah, if you have to right. slam on your brakes way more, like it uses so much energy. Yeah. And right? usually it is for me because I'll mess up a corner. I'll yeah. get angry. I'll go into the next corner wrong or yeah. too fast. And I'll mess up that corner. And I mean, people will bit. follow me like, why are you sprinting out of every corner? <laughs> Cause I, because to. I can, yeah. <laughs> because I made a mistake. Okay. Leave but, me alone. But it does get worse. And so yeah. I've tried to like, just find the flow, I guess. But I mean, it just, the more I ride and the more I ride with guys like, I mean, you're great downhill. Keegan, like following Keegan, the first time we pre-rode whiskey, yeah. if anyone's done whiskey 50 and you go down that first ascent, that's all chunk. Yeah. I literally lost seven minutes on him and Ryan. The first. <laughs> How long is the descent? It's n I don't Eight know. Probably seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but but three days later, yeah, I lost less than two minutes. There we go. And so it's like it's just allowing and sl like slowly let it, like it just it's n it doesn't come to me. Like that's not has it has no business in the road. Like if there's a rock, everyone's pointing at at it. Like hey guys, there's a rock <laughs> yeah. in the road. Yeah, no true. one's doing that for me on mountain biking. They're all just coming. They're not pointing those jerks. So I'm the yeah. worst roadie because I literally just bunny. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell anybody. I just screw you hopping. guys. Yeah, 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 I'm hopping this. Yeah. But yeah, I think <laughs> on my wheel. Yeah, fucking win. So, so sliding is just—it's very foreign to me. And yeah. like just allowing the bike to go sideways while continuing forward. It doesn't. Well, oh yeah. And from the roadside, you're used to a more consistent surface that's going to have very specific traction limits based on your tire wet you know wet and dirt you know there are like rocks on the road that does change it but typically you have way more consistent riding surface mountain biking you don't yeah so you ha you have to learn to read your tires as you're riding them and that's a huge skill set that's hard that's difficult yeah so it'll come buddy don't worry <laughs> Alexi does all right for everybody. I oh, I know. Like, I, I just feel like, like, yeah. I feel like we're painting a picture, and like, there's some dude who like just started. He I picked did. up. He picked up like a, a, a one of the new Walmart bikes, right? And he's just like, oh, this Alexi guy sucks. I could teach him a thing or two. No, he can't. 
Like he's moving everywhere, probably. I want so. all the like. I want those mansplainers that lurk in my comments are going to be like, Alexi, just keep your weight back, <laughs> and <laughs> also, <laughs> yeah, exactly. The mansplainers. If you want some tips, I'd gladly show you because yeah. I too was yeah. a mountain biker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Send them over your way. <laughs> mansplainers. That's I do get some. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just tell them I have a Keegan. Yeah, Keegan's good. Keegan. That's all you Keegan's need. Keegan's good. Yeah. You got it. Um, so uh, we're going to wrap this up uh, to be appreciative of your guys' time because you have to get some meals and you carb Chipotle. up. There we go. Yeah, get ready for it. Um, but I want to I wanna finish off on just like, first of all, with you, Alexi, going back to you, we'll finish off with you, uh, Ellen. But Alexi, what's been the best part about going becoming a mountain biker? And then what's the worst part about becoming a mountain biker from the roadie side like you have? Yeah. Um, I miss... I, I miss having a team at times. Yeah. I'm a very social person. I mean, I think there's parts of mountain biking that are social, but I, there's something about having seven guys and that whole team, whatever it looks like from the outside, there's a lot of teamwork that goes in. Like yep. when we won California with George, it was one of the most gratifying times that I've ever had in my life, not winning a bike race, but like so much went into being a part of that. Yeah. And there, I haven't had that on mountain biking and I don't really think it exists. And if it does, I don't know. I, um, we just need to make our own team. Yeah, but Shake I, it's, it's just different, you know. You can't. Yeah. Um, that's probably what I miss the most. I miss time trials. I mean, like we talked about it a lot. Yeah, I just yeah. think there's something special that goes into them. Um, I think I've gained a lot of, I've gained a lot of more control over my life and my career, um, and some of the things that I might not have enjoyed during road racing, um, I now control, and I now. Like get doing to be a part of push-ups or something. Oh, I get to. Well, that's 100. Roadies can't do that. I get to, I get to be yeah, a more yeah. fit human being. That's amazing, like, right? Yeah. Isn't that like? I mean, you guys can look at me. I gained 10. I gained 10 pounds. It's amazing. Like, and if you were a roadie, you would be like terrified. You'd be panicked at that, right? Yeah. And yeah. we even talked about this. Like, roadies, all credit to them. They are so close to that the edge of being unhealthy. Like, you yeah. are, you're afraid to get sick. You're afraid to to do anything and like there is a lot of roadies that you guys are all laughing ellen almost lost it they can't do a push-up <laughs> yeah it's true yeah it's true. or let alone okay let's be honest do five push-ups for 20 bucks like it's it's sad yeah um and that that's kind of what it takes to win a grand tour or to yeah. win win any race nowadays i mean like i got dropped in san sebastian doing 6.3 watts per kilo like you have to do insane amount of and you, the only way to do that is it's only so high your power can go you have to get lighter right um but yeah, I mean, I think with with mountain biking, I've just I've found a group that I enjoy being a part of, and yeah. I get to see them every weekend. Um, and they're, all, for the most part, great guys. Nice and great girls. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> she felt left out. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Way to go, Alexia. It's good. Um, for you, Ellen, cyclocross, mountain biking, road. You kind of have like all three doors in front of you. Where do you want to go with your career? now or where do you see yourself going and that could i guess be two different things but uh where do you like do you want to put all eggs in one basket do you want to distribute them or like where do you see yourself going uh, i thought you were gonna ask me the same question you asked Alexi, so I you can like, answer that one too i was like prepared you can answer that one too if you want i just wanted to integrate i did 60 push-ups the other day like good ones like with my elbows to my side nice. so i was that's like kind of waiting thing. i feel like that's my favorite thing about mountain biking is like i can integrate that a lot more right so i'm just saying cyclocross too i assume 
to a certain degree. Yeah, but like not quite as much. Like we're yeah. doing this a lot right. more in mountain, mountain biking. biking. Yeah, I'm doing a push-up motion. Yeah, pushing and pulling into the microphone. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for all of you at home. Yeah, listening. you for can hear you can hear the push-up. And not our massive live audience. <laughs> um, so, oh, okay. So what do I? Where do I want to go forward? Well, it's hard because I have like these huge ambitions in every discipline. Like it's funny because like my coach and I were talking about how like it would be a dream of mine to like win a spring classic. I don't even race road, so I don't know like where those came from, but I've just always like had a fondness for road that like, unfortunately my my like career opportunity there sort of like was, um, didn't really didn't really take off uh, due to like a lot of like health issues. But yeah. Um, yeah, with mountain biking, it's funny cause like my dream was to go to the Olympics and I don't think that that's gonna happen this time around, but it doesn't mean that it's not something that I'm not like dreaming of eventually. But yeah. with, with cyclocross, like when, like they just recently announced that world champs are coming to Fayetteville, Arkansas, which in is going to be awesome. Twenty-two, which is so freaking cool. Um, yeah. So that's like that's a huge focus for me. And like I've always been a like majorly goal-oriented person. Yeah. Um, and so like this, you know, going to this event where it's like your goal is to have fun. I'm like, but it's not concrete enough, and that's been really hard for me. So like having things that I'm like that I'm looking at motivates me so much. Um, and like I've never been one to shy away from like talking about my goals because like it's not from an arrogant component but it's just yeah. like I want to do this and if I tell you I'm going to do it then I have to do You're it you know what I mean I'm being held accountable I'm right. like I think like it was really interesting to watch like Gwen Jorgensen who I've taken like so much influence from in my career she like her big thing was like I'm I want to win a gold medal and like yeah, she, she told people like there. yeah she put it out there and like and then she freaking did and like that's the coolest thing ever and so for me I'm like yeah, I want to try to win world champs in 2022. I'm going to try every time that I get to go to world champs to win it up and tell them. But like, if we're putting eggs in a basket, it's going in. It's going in to win world champs in the Sweet. U.S. Yeah, so I want to be that's there. That's the big goal. I hope that we're all there. Oh yeah, that's going to be such an awesome time. Yeah, because no matter Bill, what, yeah, win, lose, or awesome. draw, it's going to be absolutely insane to have world champs in the U.S. Like, yeah. I mean. It doesn't get cooler than that. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Well, if yeah. they did it in Reno or Carson, it would be cooler. But, <laughs> yeah. You know. They yeah. did it in, like, I don't know, say East Hampton, Massachusetts. It would be cooler, but, I mean, I'll take what I can <laughs> That's right. Hometown. Uh, where can people find out more about you, uh, Alexi? On, uh, follow you on social channels, that sort of stuff? Yeah, I think that's the best. I think. I don't know. I'm. Where are you at on there? Give them the handle. My name, Alexi from Elin. Good awesome. luck spelling it. Keegan, Keegan still hasn't figured it out. Yeah, yeah. Anyone watches my Instagram? Ask, ask Keegan how to spell the name. That'll be a good one to do. Yeah. Um, and in you, Ellen. You can follow me on. She likes bikes. Instagram and Twitter at Ellen likes bikes. Cool. I have a pretty active Instagram presence, but if you've ever thought that you want to see a hundred percent less of my face, my Twitter is probably <laughs> the place to go. I actually, I actually had two people write me and say, Ellen has the best jokes. <laughs> and they're, it's because it's so they follow you on Twitter. <laughs> yes. There we go. Ellen's very brag, good on but Twitter. But if anyone knows who Blair Braverman is, she followed me on Twitter today. So I'm like kind of riding high. She's it's like the big. coolest person in the world. So I'm, <laughs> I'm really excited. Job so yeah, done. I mean, Blair follows me on Twitter, so you should too. <laughs> and I have a Facebook somewhere. I think it's like Ellen Noble Cyclist, but enjoy. That's all, I think all <laughs> of us feel about is. the Facebook yeah. side of things. Yeah. 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 Sometimes um, Instagram accidentally gets on there. So that's it. Awesome. Well, uh, hopefully, uh, so if you're listening to this, follow these athletes along because you're going to get a totally unique and fresh perspective. Uh, it's pretty cool uh, to, to hear this and I think to get a different side of things. And also on the Epic Ride side of things, once again, thank you to Todd for putting on this awesome race. And uh, I'm excited to see how y'all do tomorrow in the Backcountry 50 race. 
I'll be handing up some bottles uh, probably there for you guys. So that'll be, be dropping my post. <laughs> You'll be dropping your post. I like it. <laughs> and thanks to our once again massive studio or massive audience here. Thanks, our guys. Screaming Thank fans. Appreciate Thank it so you. much. <laughs> Uh, and, and if you're interested in more in learning more about these athletes, follow them. If you're interested in more about the podcast, mtbpodcast.com. Head over to Worldwide Cyclery, and we'll talk to you all next time. Thanks, everybody. Have a nice day. Hey, guys. Jonathan here. Just wanted to thank you again for listening and let you know that if you like the song that you're hearing now and the one that you heard in the intro – comes from Wave Riders Entertainment, my good friend Tommy Walter. Check it out if you're looking for more beats like this or some awesome tracks to listen to. We'll talk to you next week.